Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So remember, there's uh, Finding Waldo, right? Where's, um, you look at a picture with a lot of visual complexity, and then you try to find this one character, Waldo. And then, and then there is Finding Jesus. And for me, he was hiding behind the sofa. But what about Finding God? Where are we going to find God? Any ideas? I'm excited. I am. <laughs> I am excited for tonight's show. We're going to have a good time. This is going to be fun. The topic tonight is healing through the Akashic Records, and our guest tonight is Erica Golizada. We're going to bring Erica on in just a minute, but. Could the Akashic Records, could the Akashic Records be a pathway to finding God? Now, now, whoa, time time out. The Akashic Records is about our past. What the hell does our past have to do with moving forward? Right? Akashic Records and Finding God. Hmm. Huh. How's that work? You know, um, for myself, uh, I think it was, uh, I did the math just the other day, and it's long, farther back than I had remembered. I think it was like 12, 12 years ago or so, um, I've shared on the show many times um, when my soul kind of grabbed me by the back of the neck and and took me up into the light. My my soul just um, I don't know how to explain it except I went up and up and up and up and up and pretty soon there was nothing but light. There was just nothing but light. And I've thought about that journey many times. And uh, I think my soul chose to do that to me, for me, so I could look at perhaps the journey of the soul or the journey of, uh, I cringe when I use the word salvation, our our journey, or perhaps we could say our return to God, our return to source. What does the Akashic Records have to do with the return to our divinity, the return to our Christ consciousness? The the Akashic Records, you could I suggest you could look at it as a history of your fragmentation. 
What does that mean? History of your fragmentation. When we separate from our divinity, it's typically not a single event. It's spread out over the, the, the pathway or the journey of our soul. And what is, what is the pathway or journey of our soul up to this moment? That's the Akashic Records. Our, our Akashic Records is, I suggest, an energetic reconstitution of our divinity. And like I said, uh, we're going to get into it tonight, and it's going to be fun. Um, I need a disclaimer here because Erica, our guest tonight, is is really uh, a unique guest. I mean, over the years, and even um, I, I I've had radio shows before this one, and. Uh, but Erica actually knows me, and I know Erica. We met through a spiritual group here locally in Denver, Colorado, in the United States, maybe about a year ago. So she's met me eight or ten times, and and so she knows me. And and before this show, we we traded sessions with each other. She she works with the Akashic Records. And I've shared on this show that in the last two months last year, I went through the ringer and um, I had a, a session with Erica and, and she helped me put the pieces together, so to speak, as to the why of it, the why of um my why my the teacher in this lifetime is such a uh brutally thorough <laughs> soul teacher and then uh just this last sunday just a few days ago for the first time in years i i started doing sessions again and i've only done one session and that was with erica sunday this last sunday and uh we're going to chat about that a little bit before we delve into the akashic records so i think it um and i wanted to give a shout out again to the listeners in india again again we're seeing an uptick in listeners from india and i want to say I appreciate you. Namaste. What a what a journey this has been. So thank you for that. All right, all right, let's get into it. Erica helps her clients get to the root of their challenges, get to the root of their challenges by accessing their Akashic records and moves them through a profound soul-evolving process which is a holistic way of healing. By unfolding the decisions that we've made, oftentimes long ago, we now have the opportunity to make new life-enhancing decisions to change our present situation and habitual responses. By gathering all of the pieces 
to the puzzle from various lifetimes, which would be the reconstitution of your soul, and learn our lessons that we've chosen to do based on our contracts, we raise our awareness and consciousness. It sounds like moving towards God, doesn't it? Which is necessary steps to evolving and healing ourselves and sometimes others. Our soul knows what we need to resolve, especially with loved ones, and learn from our experience in order to be free and live more fulfilling lives. Erica has been doing her own past life regression work throughout her life, which has been a natural gift along with being a medium and intuitive. She is also a hypnotherapist and a Reiki practitioner which are great tools that she uses to guide her clients through a divine-driven healing process. Another method that is harmonious with the process of self-transformation sometimes includes inner child work that can lead to profound healing. In her present school of life, Erica has overcome many cultural oppression issues, as well as addictions and health challenges, and has helped others to do the same. By having the courage to face the truth and allowing yourself to feel vulnerable, Erica can serve as your guide to your self-realization journey where profound changes can begin. You can learn more about Erica at HealingWish.net. Join me in welcoming Erica to the show. Erica, we finally have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here, Les. Thank you so much for having me. No no kidding. It's delightful to have... (laughs) It's delightful to finally get you on the show. I know. I feel like I've been waiting for ages. (laughs) Well, um, before we delve into the Akashic side of things, um, you're the only person on the planet that has had a session from me since I went into the cave, so to speak. I went into the cave and and got lost in the wilderness and... uh, (laughs) And and now it's time for me to uh, put myself back out into the world um, in the form of service from my soul. Um, for the listeners of the show, can you just uh, can you share what that that session I gave you Sunday was like? Oh my goodness. It's going to be really hard to put into words. First of all, I feel very honored um, to have had a session with you. I feel like it was definitely a life-changing experience for me. Um, you, Because you've been there yourself in terms of being able to reach that level of Christ consciousness, is how you were able to help me, guide me through that process. It was, it was such a profound experience where as you were <clears throat> playing the drums and as yes. you were tapping with every tap, 
I, I felt like my consciousness was raising and going higher and higher and higher. To, I mean, like one realm to the next to the next, to the point where I felt like there was an earthquake going on inside of me. And there was so much movement and shifting going on, like as if all these layers were being lifted off of me. And I was getting lighter and lighter and lighter. Now, while the earthquake was going, I mean, I was like literally shaking and crying and my breathing completely changed. I don't even know what it was like. But, um, but I was trying not to pass out <laughs> and um, until finally I reached this level where there was nothing there. It was a non-local space. Nothing, no one, nothing. What I connected with was my authentic self was was my Christ consciousness, my true essence. And it was, and, and, and it was like, it was in the place of like nothingness where nothing was, was, there's no movement, just light. I was just, I was able to connect to pure light. So, I mean, for all the listeners out there, you do not need to do drugs. <laughs> to have this kind of experience, it's mind-blowing. And because Les's consciousness and vibration is so high and his heart is so wide open and he's so connected to source is how he was able to guide me through the process of, le- of, of reaching that same level of consciousness, which was which was so profound, honestly. And then even after after we were done and you're trying to check in with me to see how I'm doing, I was like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't even know what I am right now. I felt like I had one foot here on earth and one foot <laughs> way above. And this went on for the rest of the evening. I didn't come back until, I don't know, maybe the next day or two. <laughs> I mean, I was like... Ooh, wow, we, yeah. So, so it's it's really hard to put into words because it's one of those things that I feel like you have to experience to know. Kind of like love, you know. How do you explain what love is to somebody um, without having that experience, right? So, so it's it's, it's a very profound, soul evolving expansion of light. And um, very blissful, and um, and then just 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 really tapping into your true essence of who you are, you know, of how it begun, uh, of of your purpose, but without without any without any thoughts, without any images. And I think it only took like fifteen or twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, you told me it took fifteen minutes. So here you are laughing, you know, you're just like, I laugh a lot when I experience this. And then here I am crying. So we made quite the team. 
team. Yeah, the laughter and the crying, but it was it was just so intense. We both had to kind of experience it in our own ways, and and it does change you. I mean, I I, I do not feel like the same person, and the inner peace that I have now is is different. I I definitely feel like a different person. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for for the difference that not only that you made um, in my life, but also the difference that you're making in the world. Because I think that, you know, you are always interviewing people. The focus is always on, you know, other people. But I do want, I do want the listeners to know that you truly are a gift from God. I mean, you are living your life with purpose. You are following your divine guidance. You do have a very open um, compassionate, uh, loving heart, and and it shows in the work that you do. So you're genuinely an honorable man doing God's work with with passion. So so I really commend you for that, and thank you for that. Well, very nice words. Uh, thank you for sharing. It's uh, that was <laughs> that was that was quite an afternoon. <laughs> I think for oh, both of yeah. us. So. <laughs> I was definitely in another dimension. Thank you. <laughs> I will never forget that. And you kept telling me, what was that? You said uh, t- um, something about, you know, remember this or take a take picture a of it. Or take a snapshot. Yeah. So so that way I can keep tapping back into that um, that level of consciousness and and, you know, reaching that. Yeah, that uh, well, energetic. That non-local space where you went—that's what spiritual seekers are trying to find. That's the stuff. That's the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the real deal. The real deal. It was amazing, and I'm so glad that you you decided to um, share your gift, and that. Um, and yeah, and so now everybody knows. So here you are, the next new show. You're going to be <laughs> helping thousands of people. <laughs> and, and everybody's going to have their own unique experience. It's not like I have a, I mean, I can, get, I can get you to the front door, but whether you can step through the door or not, that's on you. But anyway, well, I think I think that's a very important point because somebody really it depends on where they're at is is how far they're going to go really and sure. and that's the same with my work too you know I kind of meet people where they're at and so it's not up to me you know what their experience is going to be like I just guide them through the process kind of like you did with me right well that's a good <laughs> segue to start talking about the Akashic records. You know the you know you talk about all that energy you went through. I would suggest to you that that energy was put in place, so to speak, from akashic events from your past. And so, what makes the work that you do so powerful, Erica, is that um we can have uh, really profound karmic stigmas operating in our life that we're not consciously aware of. In other words, 
we might have a beautiful, beautiful teacher that is a, a, a real a-hole in our life that just gets on our nerves and gets on our nerves and gets on our nerves. And to our ego, we can think that it's a fluke and it's not related to our spiritual growth. But can you can you share with us the uh, um, how you experience? So so you're working on a, a client, and when you when you tap into their akashic fields, uh, share with our audience how you experience that. Hmm, that's an excellent question. And by the way, you know, as far as difficult people in our life, yeah, they are our greatest teachers, and oftentimes those are the people that we've had numerous lifetimes with. There's a reason why we come in contact with people that we have a lot of challenges with. And there's definitely a lot of growth, healing, and potentially karma clearing opportunities. So that's, um, there's definitely a purpose behind that for sure. Now, um, what was your question again? (laughs) Well, when you're working on a client and you're tapping into their Akashic fields, how do you experience that? So the first thing that happens for me normally is that I feel things. So I'm clairsentient. So so basically I get goosebumps oftentimes or I feel discomfort in different areas of my body. And so when I bring my attention to the sensations of what I'm feeling where, then what happens is I begin to see images. So following that, I get images on what that pertains to. So I feel what's going on inside of my clients. Um, So when I tap into their energy, first and foremost, I always start coughing. That's always like my way of uh, tuning in. So my clients always know that, oh, she's coughing. That means she's tuning in. Okay, she's with me now. (laughs) It sounds really (laughs) awkward. I don't know anybody else that does that, but I do that. Anyway, but it, and I always tell people, don't be alarmed. Don't call 911. It's a good thing. <laughs> I'm actually tuning in. I'm going to get messages because I'm coughing. So I feel blockages. Then I feel sensations of what's inside of them. And then when I feel the sensations, I tune in, and that's when I get images. And oftentimes, the images can be past life related even, um, or I get, um, you know, uh, hits on who it may pertain to or ask them questions regarding, you know, whatever their father or this, that, the other. Um, And then oftentimes what happens is I connect with parallel lives. So the challenges that they're having in their current life um, and based on their intention for the session, then I begin to get pieces to the puzzle of their past and the root of their problems. Uh, 99% of the time, it's not this life. Uh, So it really limits me when somebody comes to me and tells me, don't tell me about my past life. That's when it's like they shut the door in my face and my guidance, uh, because it's not really me, it's the vine that works through me. And they really limit their own healing, you know? So I'm like, okay, I respect that. Sorry, I can't help you. You know, I don't say that, but you know, that's in effect what happens is is they're very uh, limited that way. But 
So, so, so then um, I tell them, it, oftentimes it's like a piece by piece, but you know how a movie, you, you have to start from the beginning and, okay, what happens next? What hap- and then who else is involved? And oftentimes there's people that are involved from their current life that they were associated in the past. So then we connect those dots. Get to the root, because when we only focus on this life, we're missing pieces, and that's why people keep having reoccurring patterns and problems with oftentimes the same people. Um, right. So when we get to the root, then we're able to have a higher understanding. Without knowing everything that's there, we don't know what all what all of the decisions that we've made and what needs healing, and what the healing process is going to look like. So part of the evolving process is is really knowing, raising your awareness and consciousness. And as a result of, of, of doing that, then I'm able to help uh, help my clients understand that the, the decisions that they've made, oftentimes lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, same old patterns, same old problems reoccurring until they finally change what happened, clear that karma, make new life-enhancing decisions so they can change their life today. Very well said. <clears throat> to, to clear their karma. And, and from my perspective, when you say that, there's – there's always an energetic component to it, so to speak. It's it's like there has to be a release out of your psyche, the the dogma, the stigma, the karma is from my perspective, is is our own consciousness from our past that um gets formed into a, a standing wave or a, a momentum or a perpetual um, feeling over time. And as we accumulate that, as we incarnate over and over and over again, we load our psyche up. And so the way back, so to speak, to source is just what you're talking about is going to those episodes in our past where we got hung up and and we accumulated a, a an emotional um, posturing, so to speak. It seems like emotions are are intertwined with our akashic events. So when um, do you notice when you with your clients that because um, for me. Um, I've been I've been really trying to understand my family dynamics, both in my immediate family and my my folks, and and uh, to understand the the prominent karmic lessons, so to speak. Um, if I if I look at the people I've had the biggest uh, difficulty with, as far as my ego's perspective, if I if I look at what they bring to my life, I see it as a very profound thing. Like on the show I've shared many times, the the boss that cracked me open was, he was a jerk. He was malicious. He, he was a conniving SOB. 
but he was my angel. So I go into work every day for a decade, and that little prick it just get under my skin and <laughs> and and agitate my anger. He would agitate my karma. And so for a decade, it's like that dodo bird that just keeps going poke, poke, poke. <laughs> and it put me yeah. on the couch, and that's where I cracked open. Mm. So so those those tough people in our life are perhaps the biggest gift. It, I mean, do you see that um, from uh, working on your clients that uh, a lot of times the people that they struggle with is actually a very close soul contract. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is so common. I see it all the time. Yep. The most challenging people in our lives are our biggest teachers and offer the most amount of opportunity for healing and growth. There's definitely a higher purpose as to why we come in contact and you know, it, it's part of our contract and also what we're supposed to accomplish in order to move forward more peacefully in our journeys. For do, sure. you, do you ever have clients that are the scoundrel, the villain, the, you know, the, the, um, the bad guy in the scene? <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, there, there's people that play the villain or, or the agitator, and then there are the people that are agitated. Do you, do you ever get the sense that you're working on an, uh, one of the agitators or villains or teachers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I work with everything <laughs> from people from all walks of life, um, anything you can imagine. Absolutely. And also um, note that we've been on both sides of the fence. You know, I mean, we've been right. everything. In our life. The older of a soul you are, the more you've been, you know, the abuse becomes the abuser. And we've been rich. We've been poor. We've been men. We've been women. We've been everything. And yeah. And 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 uh, also connected to a lot of the people that we have in our lives today, we've been connected to in the past, and there's a reason why, you know, you've reunited and you have work to do and that sort of thing. So it's, it's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, and, and, and it's, it's also a beautiful, um, you know, process of transformation to watch when, especially my devoted clients, not the ones that, oh, they follow one teaching one day, another teaching the next day, they're all over the place. No, the ones that are really devoted to to their healing and growth that have been, you know, my clients on and off for a while, whenever needed, you know, um, those are the ones that I love. I love watching them transform. I love seeing them going from potentially a dark place to light and then getting to a place where, oh, every once in a while they'll need a session, you know, and because they're doing so well, you know. So, so yeah, so most often people are not in the best place when they come to me, you know, and they're having serious challenges in their life. And the challenges can be in relationships. It could be with addictions. It could be uh, physical illnesses. Um, mental, you know, depression, anxiety, um, you name it, or they can have some really bad habits um, that they want to break, break away from. And so, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's rewarding. I really commend people that actually want to do this work because it seriously takes courage. It takes a lot of courage because you're, you are going into this um, unknown territory. You have to allow yourself to feel vulnerable. You have to be open and willing to do the work and move through the emotions. And that's what people avoid the most. And that's why there's all these addictions and people do this and that, anything to avoid emotion. Um, so oftentimes when people come to me, it's because they are really, you know, they're really hurting. They have more pain than, than pleasure in their life and they're ready to change. So, so, and I really commend them for doing that. And, and I also understand that a lot of people may not be ready for this work, you know, because all the components may not be in place. The timing may not be right for them. And I completely respect that because it's got to happen on your time, not my time. And when somebody's ready, I wait for them to come to me. I don't chase after anybody because this is, this is really hard core work. This is soul-evolving work. So it's going to require a lot of energy, devotion, um, you know, focus and and uh, courage to, to do this work. Right. Well, you know, I mean, you talk, uh, you mentioned quite a few things uh, as far as um, ailments, so to speak. For example, uh, depression. I mean, imagine being a uh, being parents. It's not always apparent when you're a parent but yeah the uh, the uh, <laughs> and and your teenager has these bouts of depression and it and you put it on your shoulders because you're their parents it's like do we suck as parents why is our kids struggling so much and in actuality the the depression um was um part of their psyche before they even chose to incarnate. And mm -hmm. it could, um, what I like about this episode with you, Erica, is for, for people to get a glimpse into how the Akashic records can create stigmas in our life. And a lot of times we, um, if we haven't been on our spiritual path, we try to solve our lives based on this lifetime, this incarnation, whereas a lot of times the struggles that we're having in this lifetime, this incarnation, are not from this lifetime, this incarnation. And so having you on the show, I really appreciate how you've been over the years looking at the Akashic um, karmic tendencies of your client and and you bring a, a deeper understanding to them the car, karmic mechanics so to speak that a soul can have lifetime to lifetime if that makes sense absolutely absolutely yeah i mean it's um yeah, there's, there's. Uh, I, I also wanted to mention in terms of um, the karma and the, the people that we have, the challenges that we have in our, in our lives, um, uh, and, and 
what you mentioned as far as like, you know, you could be born uh, depressed, you know, with, with right. different, um, you know, feelings and ways of being, and which may be totally different than your sibling, for example. Each person in your family may be completely different from one another because we've all had different pasts, um, even though we have, we might potentially have the same parents. And so, so there is also like ancestral, um, you know, trauma and healing that needs to take place. And, and it could be generational. And I've also seen sometimes people are reincarnated uh, in the same, um, like with the same ancestors. So, so again, to do their work. And then what's really profound is when one person starts doing the work, they're actually not just doing it for themselves. They're also doing it for everyone connected. So they're just kind of breaking the chain all the way down to their ancestors. And whatever it is, for example, like I've done some work around oppression and, you know, my background and whatnot, um, that type of thing. And so, so it wasn't just for me. And then not only did it go back to my ancestors, but even cultural, you know, even like where I come from, even that part of the world being very oppressed, you know, um, so, so in the Middle East, that is. Um, so, so there is, when we do this work, we also may start to notice some shifts in other people, like especially our loved ones, the people that are closest to us. Um, and sometimes what happens is when you're doing ancestral work, sometimes all of these souls just start to kind of join in, and then it becomes like this multidimensional um, work that we do. So it's like gathering all the souls that are connected to the same challenges. And it also goes beyond that, too, like, all the souls, not just ancestors. It starts with us, our ancestors, and then boom, 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 all over the place. Joining hands, joining together in order to have this, this breakthrough and raise our consciousness. And I, I've literally seen this where when these souls join together, it's almost like they're all coming together, gathering, gathering, but there's a lot of darkness, a lot of darkness. And as I'm moving my client through the new decision-making process of whatever that is necessary that these souls need in order to move forward without the previous restraints and, and pain and suffering and old ways of being that was very disempowering, then what happens is more and more light begin to expand in that multidimensional plane. And until I normally know when the job is complete, when I see nothing but light. It's like so going from dark and then all these joys, uh, souls joining in, and then it goes to light. And by the time we're done, my clients oftentimes feel like light. It's like, and then when I, when I ask them to, to, to get up and start walking, they're like, whoa. I mean, and I can feel what they feel like. I'm just like, oh, my God, do you even have a body right now? <laughs> you know? Right. Light as a feather, you know, because everything shifts. 
you know, your entire being shifts. And, and, and when you do that, it's amazing how oftentimes when we have these um, physical challenges, they begin to dissipate. You know, they go away. They go away because you've done the work. Our emotions are what causes our physical challenges. So when we get to the root of the emotions, then we can also have the power to heal our bodies. I mean, I can't guarantee that for everyone because everybody's at a different place. You also have to want it because I've also dealt with clients that didn't want it. You know what I mean? It's like to give you sure. to give you an example. Like I have to give you this example of this one client, young lady. Um, uh, she she was gifted a session by another client. I was kind of surprised because the other client knows me well, but then this young lady. Um, uh, who's in the East Coast, um, called me for a session. I scheduled her. She, she's super young, and she had a freak accident, not able to walk in a wheelchair. Well, my guidance told me to tell her specifically what the karma is related to, what lifetime, the work that she needs to do. And I, and I told her the work she needs to do, and if she does another session or two, I am here to tell you, it's not me, it's my guidance telling me to tell her that she can walk again. And you know what? She ran. She ran. I never heard from her again. Why? Because not everybody wants to heal. Because she right. was benefiting from being a victim. She, she wanted everybody to feel sorry for her and take care of her. She loved all the attention she was getting. She was like, oh, no, I'm not having it. So even when I followed up with her to see how she's doing and just kind of reminded her of her life lessons and karma and why she's here and what she can do to heal herself, never heard from her again. So I get that, too, and, and I, I respect that, that everybody's in a different place. But when somebody is, like, wide open and willing and allows me to, to really um, – my my guidance, I should say, it's not me. It's not me. I just open myself up to my divine guidance to work through me as they as I move them through the healing process. Whatever that healing process is going to be with every single person is different. For instance, sometimes like some, some loved ones that are deceased may come in or maybe some of the souls that are from people that are not even deceased um, that their loved ones may come in to, to support them through the healing process. And I let them know, hey, by the way, your mom is here right now and your dad is here or whoever, and, and they're holding your hand or moving you through the healing process. And I see them breaking down and crying. They're like, oh, wow, I feel it, and, you know, that type of thing. So that's a very profound part of the healing process, too, when, when there's other souls that come in that's beneficial for my client's healing at the time. Well, well, you made an interesting point, and I don't want to uh, skip over it. Um, you had talked about uh, uh, cultural, cultural karmic healing. Now, um, can you share with our audience? Um, because um, it was, uh, I believe, the Middle East where where you were born, and be, um, you said something in there that um, when you start doing the healing work, there's generational opportunities for your ancestors to participate and also heal as you heal. But you also said that 
um, others can participate in that healing process. And the reason I want to to touch on this is obviously the last couple of years have been a bit of a karmic tsunami and um, that to heal our cultural our cultural stigmas is is I think something that's probably much more prominent in this lifetime for so many of us. Um, at whatever level you're comfortable, can you give us some insight about your uh, cultural upbringing? Sure. Um, so I was born in Iran. And uh, so when I was a child, I moved here when I was like seven years old. So I've been here since like first grade. Um, but, uh, but when I was back in Iran, I remembered girls had it really hard. Like I would get beaten up by boys. Um, and it was uh, it was acceptable. The girls were supposed to allow that. And I remember one time my aunt told me, next time this boy beats you up, you pull his hair. You hit him back. And so I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, you do that. I was like, okay. So I pulled his hair and I beat him up and he started screaming and crying. And let me tell you, his mom came and really gave it to me. She was like, how dare you? You never put a hand on a boy ever again. And I got a beating out of her. So, so it was like, it's, it's unacceptable. So, so the boys ruled, you know, it's, it's whatever they wanted to do and the girls had to put up with it. So I learned that at a very young age, like, I, I wasn't allowed to even speak up. So sometimes when I did address things and say things and or go to my mom and say, hey, this kid did this to me or whatever, um, it was like I would be frowned upon. It's like I would be beaten. I would be told to shut up, to shut my mouth, and I'm not allowed to talk that nonsense, you know. So, so it was it was really rough. So, I mean, I I literally used to like cry myself to sleep at nights and everything. I didn't have any sort of a support system. And, um, and, and, and the women and the other girls that I knew, they were all oppressed and suffering in their own ways too. So it's not like they, they even had the power to be able to help me. And, you know, and then, and then later on in life, when I was like a teenager, that's when my, my parents tried to like push arranged marriage and I had more proposals than I knew what to do with in my teens and twenties. It was just like, you know, I, I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't even know how these people, I don't even know who they are. No, I have no interest in them. And, you know, kind of being pushed on, you're supposed to get married and you're supposed to have kids and this is what you're supposed to do and and stay home and be a good wife and, and all this sort of stuff. Well, I rebelled. I rebelled and I did not do anything that I was trying to be forced to do. And so... Um, I figured, you know, if, if, if I ever meet the right person, if I'm 100%, yeah, maybe. But until then, no way. I'm not just going to do it just because my culture um, tells me that this is what you're supposed to do, go on autopilot and do what you're, you know, what you're told. So so I listen to my heart. I listen to my guidance. And and so for the longest time, even my parents were, were not happy with me. Until later on in life, they're like, wow, you know, you were really smart. <laughs> You're really smart not to do that. But during that process, 
for years and years and years, I was working on myself. I was healing myself. And while I was healing myself, I was helping other people heal too. And I can't tell you the amount of women and children that I've helped, men too. But but as far as like being oppressed, being beaten down, and not having any voice and not having any rights, and 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 being able to stand up for themselves, and a lot of them, for example, got divorces. A lot of them started having a healthy career. A lot of them became successful single parents or remarried with somebody that was, you know, a, a great person. So I've seen that happen a lot, a lot. So so that's that's kind of to give you an idea because of my growth and the strength that I got and and the courage of rebelling against the culture, going against that, and then also doing my spiritual work ongoing, inner work, not just, you know, the outside, but the inner work, um, healing myself and, and then, you know, and, and my meditations helping the other souls and as well as, you know, um, helping my clients too. So, so it's, it's very rewarding. Well, and it's not always easy, but that's a that's a very powerful narrative that you've shared. And I think, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to see that, that there's a, a gigantic tug of war over the collective narrative. I've worked in the television media industry for more than four decades. And they really want to tell us what to do and how to think and how to behave and what's important and all that crap. And uh, it it just sounded very similar to you in that you know you're not to you're not to touch a boy. They can beat the crap out of you, but don't touch them. And and really that kind of a a, a cultural stigma. Um, in every single country on the planet is being brought to light now, is being brought into our conscious space. And so we're, we're really at a, a, a prime opportunity be, um, for us to look at it, our own cultural stigmas and look at what does not serve us, both masculine and feminine, and also what doesn't serve us as a as a human culture. If we're going to land heaven on earth here, it's going to be from resolving all the crap from our past. If if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to. We have to resolve it from our past. And, and that's why we keep reincarnating and and we're choosing to come back here because we have unfinished business. And the ultimate place to be is, is really taking responsibility. I mean, I've been working my tail off since I was a child. I've never had it easy. This has been a really difficult life. You know, some people think they look at me, they're like, oh, you have it easy. You know, but for me, it's been so rough. And I'm like, oh, only if you knew, you know, and it's not not easy doing this kind of work because you feel what other people feel. You feel the suffering, you know, of others. And, and, And I have to constantly, constantly work on cleansing and clearing my energy and everything. And especially like even as a child, you know, I used to be able to feel things. 
and and see things and see through people and 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 their intentions and what they were doing and or the pain and suffering that they were going through and it was really really hard on me and i remember i used to cry and cry and cry and one time i i told my brother i said you know why are these kids ha- you know suffering and why is this happening in this world and this isn't fair and and you know my my brother he's so wise he he told me and this is when i was a child he said, he said, Erica, he goes, that's their karma. You know, you cannot interfere with their karma. You know, you have to have, you have to allow people to live their lives, make their own choices, and to work through their own karmas. And I was like, oh, karma, okay. It's because of their, their, the past that they're here? Yeah. So he, he kind of explained that to me where, where it made sense. But it still, it still hurt me. So I remember... I used to go and I used to ditch school when I was in elementary. I used to go to church and cry for hours and talk to Jesus. Jesus has always been my guide for as long as I can remember in this life. Since I was a child, I was not even born Christian. I was born Muslim. But but that's just something that, you know, I did on my own. And so, and then I would pray for people and then they would, they would like receive healing, but, but I would also be zombied out. It would take everything out of me. Like, like I would have no energy for me. And so, so finally my gifts got to the point where they were so out of control that I didn't know what to do with it. It was too much. Like I would tell people what was going to happen and then it would happen. And then they started calling me a witch. So I had this reputation when I was a kid in school as a witch, Erica's a witch, stay away from her, you know, right. <laughs> different. The idea of a, a witch, the, should I say the archetype of a witch, uh, the, the healthy archetype of a witch is a person coming into their own, the, the power of their own divinity. And, you, you know, isn't it odd that um, um, Jesus said, you'll do everything I will do and more. So let's see, Jesus healed people. And then, you know, this is back in the uh, more prominent witch era. As soon as people started healing people, the flippin' church called the people that were following Jesus' teachings, you will do everything I will do, the church points a finger at him and calls him a witch like it's some kind of a derogatory thing, but they're actually moving forward with Jesus's teachings, giving themselves permission to be the vehicle of healing, and the flipping church takes them to the town center and lights them up. It's like... <laughs> Uh, I, the, the only reason I jump in with that is because I want to heal the people's relationship with the term witch, because so often it's portrayed in a, a negative context. But I digress. Um, well, time can go pretty go by pretty <laughs> fast, Erica. Blink, blink, in, in that. Um, I want to make sure that you share your modality with the audience. Share your web page if you do remote work um, through Zoom or um, 
anything like that. Take all the time you need and explain to our audience the work you do and how they can contact you. Sure. So, um, so I know you have you know audience from all over the world. I am in in, in Colorado. So uh, for some of my local clients, they are able to um, come to the office if they want, if they need to have that in person. Uh, sessions, so I do offer that. Um, I also do remote sessions all over, everywhere. Um, so um, I could do phone sessions, uh, FaceTime, Zoom, Google Meet, whatever that uh, my clients prefer. Some people need to be able to see, you know, um, and that's fine. I respect that. And uh, but I do not need to see anybody. Um, I can still fully, entirely connect to them no matter what part of the world they are, even if it's just a phone call. Um, so I can tune into their energy and move them through the, the healing process through divine guidance, of course. Um, so, yeah. And then they're welcome to go on my website, uh, which is healingwish.net. Um, and there, they're under the services slash pricing page. I have all of my um, specials. Um, and recently I did add a, a new... Um, special because I have a number of clients that have, uh, I go to their homes to do their um, home clearing. So I, I, I smudge their house. And I also, um, when I do that process, by the way, um, sometimes I use Palo Santo, sometimes I use uh, Sage. And when I do that, I am able to see if there's any spirits there. And uh, I've helped a lot of spirits like transition and leave my clients alone. They were kind of stuck, and so I've done that. So I do home clearing energy as far as home sessions. I've, I've done home sessions with people that are handicapped, not able to come in person, and, and so on. So, But anyway, um, from energy clearing home sessions to office sessions to remote sessions and all of my specials and packages and regular pricings are on my website, again, at healingwish.net. Very nice. Well, Erica, this has been a very powerful episode. I really like uh, how you've shared with us your insights into how our own Akashic records are very much influential in our everyday experience. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. I have enjoyed it very much. This was a great gift for me, and I feel honored to have been on your show, and I wish you continual success in all that you do. And I hope that you share your gifts with more and more people. If more and more people can have the experience that I had, we would all be in heaven together. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. We've been talking with uh, Erica Golizota, and the topic tonight has been healing through the Akashic records. Um, I want to thank Erica again for being our guest. What a nice conversation. Uh, you, you know, she, when she said it takes some some uh, courage, some um, intent to really do the, the deeper work, to really do the the shadow work, so to speak, from my perspective, that's the the pay dirt. It's it's like uh, 
I don't know, maybe we get galvanized to, to pain. We get galvanized to discomfort. We get galvanized to um, feelings that we don't like to feel. And and we avoid them. And, and our life doesn't change that much. And we long for a new dynamic. It, it, it does take um, perhaps healing your relationship with pain, healing your relationship with grief, healing your relationship with your past to, uh, to empower yourself to do the deeper work, to, to heal the deeper aspects of our psyche. And when you do show up for yourself and you do do the work, it changes the rest of your life. I'm very thankful for Erica for sharing um, with the audience her, uh, um, I don't know, I get, uh, her experience of me, I guess. Um, so often, um, I, I just, I wanted people to understand uh, that that I'm I'm as sincere as I know how to be, and and I'm here with, with a compassionate heart for humanity, and uh, so I just appreciate her sharing her insights uh, towards that. Um, what a what a fun episode! How delightful! I want to thank you, the listener. You, the listener, because this is why we do it. This is why we do it, to help you recognize your own divinity. Always a pleasure. You've been listening to a New Human Living broadcast. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Let me ask you a question. How many times during today, this day, Has your heart and soul had direct communication with you? Our egos, left unchecked, will easily consume all of our thoughts and consciousness as we go throughout the day, where we really are living an ego-led life. But our ego cannot even comprehend the vision our soul has for us. If you want to increase your personal power, make space throughout your day for your heart and soul to inspire you. Citizen King, The New Age of Power is a book I wrote just for that. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening. 